Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Before the game kicks off, let's ramp it up with college football overtime. Here's, here's, here's Garrett Chapman and Abe Gordon. What we saw in the nightcap, if you were able to stay up for it, this one had a wild, wild finish. Uh, one that I don't think a lot of people were expecting. This game felt like it was pretty much in hand yeah. by the end, end of it. And like, I don't know, mid- midway through the fourth quarter, they kick a field goal and I'm like, all right, that's it. That's a two-score game. That's all she wrote. and. Texas, to their credit, they kept battling back. They they cut this game to a, a one-score game twice in, like, the final 10 minutes or so. Or, excuse me, in the final seven minutes. This was a really, really wild finish. And if I'm Washington, it's just build the statue for Michael Penix already. 430 yards. It's the fourth most yards in a college football playoff game in history. It was an unbelievable performance. On top of that, I mean, like this is a guy who, who is the first player with multiple 4,500-yard passing seasons in Pac-12 history. It, this is a dude who had three season-ending injuries, one to both of his knees and then to his throwing shoulder. I mean, he went to his stars. His stars dominated. Roma Dunze, six catches, 125 yards. Jalen Polk, five catches, 122 yards. And look. At the end of the day, when it, when Polk popped that ball up to himself and he caught it for a touchdown, th- that was just fate telling you, okay, this is just this is just their day. This is just how it's going to go. And they stepped up. This I told you when, when we previewed this game, this football game was going to be about the stars. And I, I specifically called out the skill players, and the skill players played really well. A.D. Mitchell, I think they should have gone to him a lot sooner in this game than what they ended up doing, but it was Michael Penix. At the end of the day, Quinn Ewers, Michael Penix, these are the two guys who got you there. They fed the ball to their horses, and their horses did the rest, and and they they delivered a fantastic football game. Yeah, a couple things here, Garrett, uh, and we'll, I'll work backwards forwards. I want to start with those last set of downs uh, sure. for Texas, uh, chance to win the game. Um, forget the rest of the game. If you had switched the quarterbacks in this game, and Michael Penix is taking those four downs for Texas. Texas scores a touchdown. Mm-hmm. That's just how good he was, how pinpoint he was, uh, how much confidence I had in, in him at that point. He was outstanding. We talked about this, Garrett. Maybe there was some injury situation with Penix um, through the middle and late parts of this season. He looked like September Michael Penix in this game. Uh, they ran him. Uh, a little bit more than we had seen in recent weeks, but also just the passing. Uh, it, it was pinpoint. And, and this goes back to 
the key that I mentioned to you on our last episode, Garrett, was can Texas's front affect Penix? Or is he standing back there hitting big plays? Garrett, all game long, he was standing back there hitting big plays. We knew this was a problem. The backside of Texas defense, the amount of explosives they allow, Washington's offense, the amount of explosives they create. It, it was a terrible matchup. And at the end of the day, they did not pressure Penix the way they were going to need to pressure him for this to be a competitive game. Now, they found a way somehow to get back into this because it looked like, as you mentioned, it, it looked like at, what was it, 34, uh, 34-21, and Texas fumbles near uh, near midfield, um, and, and you start to think this is probably the end of it. Um, but they hold. Uh, I, there was some Arthur Smith trick play nonsense that didn't have to be called uh, at that part of the game. And, and, and maybe it woke up Texas cause they do come rallying back with a chance to win, but it, it felt like Washington who never trailed in this game mm-hmm. led from the very beginning. Uh, now it was tied multiple times. Mm-hmm. Um, but it felt like they had control of this game until the very end where you're like, hang on now, if someone makes a play, they're going home. Um, yep. and you talk about both the Rose Bowl and the Sugar Bowl ending essentially on the game's final play one way or another. Um, you can't ask for two better finishes. This was a, again, I thought the other game was a lot more competitive, could go either way. Score-wise, at the end, this could have gone either way too. But but it felt like Washington had this game seized. It yeah. felt like they were the better team um in this game so i was surprised when i'm sitting there with with a minute left and saying they could they could they could lose this game when all said and done and we had already seen ad mitchell go up and snag one about 13 feet in the air um they they were looking for it again uh you know there are throws that were there unfortunately for quinn ewers who i thought was good in this game not great but i thought he was good but ultimately the four throws he needed at the end um, didn't take place. Uh, Obviously there's some questions about Washington and some of the decision-making on their final offensive drive. Should you just take a knees, uh, run the clock out as much as you can and uh, either punt or, or, or uh, turn it over on downs from there. Um, Obviously you have the unfortunate situation with Dylan Johnson, who was banged up for most of the second half. Uh, But the fact that he goes down and can't leave the field. Now you're giving Texas 30 seconds back. That's why we even get into the situation that we end up in. Uh, You know, there was an opportunity for you to be punting with like 18 seconds left or so uh, and pin them back instead of the, the 50 or whatever the number was that they did get the ball. So, um, some unfortunate situation there that made the game a little bit tighter uh, than you would have liked uh, if you're a Washington fan. But ultimately, and here's where it gets comfortable for you. You've won like how many straight one possession games Ten. now for for Washington? You're very comfortable in that situation. Um, and, and this is just another example. Obviously, the defense had great coverage uh, on the final couple of plays there inside the 20. Um, there were windows, but they were tight, Garrett. They didn't bust anything. They didn't blow anything. Uh, now, it helps to know that they're probably not throwing short. They're probably not even throwing boundary. They're going to the end zone each time. Mm-hmm. That certainly helps you devise how you're going to defend. Um, but in the, in the biggest moments, their defense did step up. So 
kudos to Washington, an incredible season. And, and again, going back to the first thing I said, it looks like Michael Penix is back to being 100% healthy. Yeah. That's really nice to see because um, he's an outstanding quarterback. And he had about as good a game in a big game for a non-running quarterback. And I know he moved around a little bit, but I, I, with his arm, he had about as good a game as you could possibly have. The accuracy, the deep ball, it was all there for him. And, and in the end, Washington needed all of it. Yeah, and I think by the end of the first half, um, really the end of the first quarter, you knew he was going to have a special game. It's just all appearances were – it was very clear. Uh, but by the end of the first half, I think he was second only to Joe Burrow, who – scored just an obscene amount of points against Oklahoma and the, the peach bowl going back to, I think it was 2019. Uh, it was that season with Joe Burrow and it was just an incredible performance uh, just across the board, the Michigan, or excuse me, not the Michigan, the, the Washington uh, offense was just damn near perfect. They punted on their first drive and then they didn't punt again until the fourth quarter. It was just perfect. And they did every single thing that, that every single thing, right. And I think you said it perfectly. It was his health was paramount. I said it in the preview um, over his first six games of 2023. He had, uh, he was one of the best quarterbacks in the country. He was producing Joe Burrow like numbers. I know yeah. I just compared him in the first half. That's pretty much what he was over the first six games of the season. But from there, it was mostly just regression. He went from 10, 10 and a half yards per, uh, per drop back over his first six games to seven in his past seven. His completion rate fell from 72 to 61. His interceptions and sacks, the, all that went up. He looked like he was he had lost a little bit of that mobility. And, and it's not that he's a, a running quarterback. It's the fact that he has that pocket presence and he's able to get out and make throws. He just looked banged up. He didn't look right. But I think you say iron sharpens iron, that sort of thing. That's what I said in the preview. It is a strength to be able to be in these kinds of games and play at a high level and consistently come back to the well and be able to trust your guys in those biggest of moments. They've done it all season. They had confidence that they could get it done. And I'm not saying that Texas did. And Texas has been in some really good football games this year, too. They won an overtime game earlier this year. I mean, you have. So much confidence in that Washington team, both on the offense and on the defense, to get the job done. And that's what they did. I mean, these guys played at a high level. But I will come after Steve Sarkeesian because there's no reason that you need to be throwing a little, what is it, a little uh, screen pass, 25 seconds left on the, or what was it, 10 seconds, 15 seconds left on the clock or something crazy. I, I don't know what you're doing there. And it was a, maybe that was a Quinn Ewers decision to dump it down. But it felt like he panicked a little bit. And I think they got kind of lucky. And then they should have gone to A.D. Mitchell way sooner. This is a dude who steps up in the biggest of moments. Xavier Worthy was a little banged up. I know he had an ankle injury coming into this game. He hurt, He got hurt in the, the Big 12 title game. I, I don't know why A.D. Mitchell wasn't more, more of a focal point until late in the game. It, was, it wasn't until A.D. Mitchell yelled at the sideline. They, they featured that on the broadcast. He yells at the sideline, says, feed me, feed me. And then he finally fed him on the next play. He scores a touchdown. That's not a coincidence. Some guys are just dogs. You know, some guys are just dogs. And you got to feed those guys. You got to get those guys to football. 
And it wasn't until late in the game. It, surprise, surprise, that's when they started finding success. And it's, it's no coincidence that both passes that they had on those final and that final four plays of the game, no coincidence that both of those went to A.D. Mitchell in the end zone. That doesn't surprise me, not even in the slightest. But Texas did just about everything it could in this game. Washington was just the better football team. They, were, they played flawless football damn near on offense. They, they turned over free. Uh, the only thing that stopped them from being a perfect game, I'd say, was the rushing attack, which was largely contained, mostly because you have Michael Penix who can drop back and just hit. At a, the football was on a string for much of the game. Uh, Dylan Johnson, his health against Michigan, he needs to be healthy. He needs to be able to go. I don't, I don't think so, so important. brother. I, I hate to uh, tell you, I don't think so. Player. If Michael Penix is playing at that level, then I think Michael Penix is going to be fine, and the offense is largely going to be fine. But this is also a much better unit that you're not going to be able to pick apart down the field in the same way. You need at least some semblance of a rushing attack, and I don't know who's backing up Dylan Johnson. I just do know that Dylan Johnson has been a very important player cog in this offensive machine this year he still had two touchdowns in this game but he was held under 50 yards for i want to say the first time all season uh i like to see him healthy but zero sacks on this game like you said really impressive effort uh from washington i'm i'm just over the moon impressed with what those guys looked like on monday and i picked against them three times and i'm zero and three so do with that information as you will I don't know if I can pick against them a fourth time, uh, but I, I know that this upcoming matchup between Michigan and Washington is going to be a lot of fun. you got two block-letter block teams coming against each other, and I think that's going to be fun just, just for that reason. But, I mean, look, you have an elite defense versus an elite offense. I think this is the, the number one and the number two team in the country. You said it in the open, two undefeated football teams, two teams who have defied expectations for the entirety of the season. I think this is going to be a lot of fun. Uh, I'm really excited. Yeah, I am too. Uh, it, it just, it, I don't want to get into the discussion of who the best team is and all that sure. nonsense. Cause, Cause I still think if you line you them up, the day, Georgia beats both of these teams, but they lost at the wrong time. They, they were denied that opportunity. Um, but, but these are, these are two very deserving teams. And we said it, any of the four teams that were in the playoffs uh, could have, advanced and won and you look at a situation right where you're like okay well like it was overtime in 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 the michigan alabama game either team could have won this texas is one completed pass at the end of the game from sending washington home either team could have won that so you're gonna say something yeah real quick you you actually just reminded me of of a stat so in the pregame in the preview for this game for the sugar bowl i said that one of the biggest keys for texas was red zone offense Ironically, the play comes down. The game comes down to red zone offense. They yeah, were, it's a little different when you're tight FBS. on time and you have to go to the end zone. But I, I, I feel but it's yeah. 120th in FBS. They, yeah, it's scoring touchdowns. They, they, yep. There was only 49 percent of the red zone trips ended in touchdowns. Now, li- like you said, and we and we talked about this, and you have to give kudos to not just Michael Penix, but that offensive line sure. for Washington. They did a great job holding Oregon's attack uh, front down. They did a great job holding that vaunted Texas front down. Um, they're going to have to do it again uh, against Michigan because uh, we saw how they came after uh, Jalen Milrow. You, you probably don't attack Penix the same way because unlike Milrow, he can beat you intermediate and short mm-hmm. passes, and they have some guys who can do it. 
the biggest concern for me, and I know we're going to talk more about this uh, uh, on the episode that releases Monday morning, but Washington's run defense is not that great. Um, you know, you know, they gave up 180 yards to Texas, who was on their second and third string running backs after Jonathan Brooks went down. So um, they're going to have to find a way to be better in that aspect because uh, Blake Corum uh, had about as good as a game as you could have while not topping 100 yards. And so he's going to come in ready to roll. And uh, as you mentioned, too, the health of Dylan Johnson is paramount. Um, he only had, I think he had less than 50 yards, but he did have the two touchdowns. Um, I don't know if he can go or not, uh, but it'd be a big boost if he can, if not, someone's going to have to step up because it can't all be on Michael Penix and the receivers. A lot of it. Yes, but not all of it. 